0: Podcast number 571 for the 10th of December, 2017. This week, Photo Raw 2018 from On1 brings several powerful new features to an application that can work with Photoshop or Lightroom as a filter, or work independently of them as a file organizer and raw image converter. In short circuits, how to avoid nasty surprises from a disk drive by using self-monitoring, analysis, and reporting technology that's included on most modern disk drives. Improvements in an older battery technology might lead to safer, less expensive, and environmentally better batteries for portable devices. Android is the least secure computing platform, but Google's trying to fix that. And in spare parts this week, only on the website, money can't buy happiness, but the maker of an iOS app says it might be able to bring joy A Bluetooth gadget claims to make Alexa available in your car and to do so without being a distraction for the driver. And an initial song offering might mean that music fans can own a small percentage of certain songs, but only if they live outside the United States. Onone's 2018 version of PhotoRAW adds several new features that will appeal to professional photographers and advanced amateurs. As with many other applications that were once offered only as plugins for Adobe Photoshop, PhotoRAW can now run in standalone mode, and it can be used to manage photos. The 2017 version also ran either in standalone mode or as a Photoshop or Lightroom plugin, so I'm not going to spend much time on that. The primary new or improved features in the latest version of the program are the ability to create panoramas from multiple images, image versioning, improved masking, high dynamic range processing, and the ability to apply noise reduction selectively. First, it might be a good idea to talk a little bit about JPEG versus RAW. Often photographers who switch to shooting RAW images instead of JPEG images are disappointed by what they perceive as lower quality photographs. So let's take a moment to consider the differences between the two modes. The JPEG format is sometimes considered to be lower quality than RAW and to an extent that's right but it's also wrong. JPEG files are much smaller than the RAW files because they've been processed and that processing eliminates what the JPEG process considers to be non-essential data. The image degradation created by the JPEG process is virtually invisible in high-quality JPEG images. The limitations do show up when the photographer wants to modify the image by making it brighter or darker, or increase or decrease contrast, or improve the color balance. Those actions work best on a raw image. That's because the raw image includes every bit of information that the camera's sensor recorded. And that huge amount of information from the sensor is what makes RAW images so large. The camera doesn't process a RAW image at all. That's left up entirely to the photographer. An unprocessed RAW image will be less sharp than a JPEG image. It will also have lower contrast and less vibrant colors. So why bother with RAW images? Well, it comes down to control. A raw image offers an astounding array of adjustments that can be made on the computer, or in post, as most photographers refer to it. Think of a JPEG image as a color slide. The photographer must get everything exactly right in the camera because there is no option for adjustments once the film has been processed. Think of a raw image as a film negative the photographer should still do everything possible to get things right in the camera, but the RAW file can be manipulated on a computer in the same way the world's best photographers have always used darkrooms to create outstanding prints from their negatives. Photographers sometimes take silly positions on the RAW versus JPEG issue. There's the never JPEG group. They sometimes say things like, well, RAW is for professionals and JPEG is for amateurs. Well, that's nonsense. The requirements of the task at hand should decide that. The professional sports photographer who must deliver finished images to a magazine's photo editor minutes after a game might well use JPEG instead of RAW, and that's done to eliminate the need for manual processing. Both formats exist for a reason. I generally set up my camera to capture RAW images, and that generally means, well, I can't remember the last time I used JPEG. That's because I have the time to develop the RAW files on the computer, and that's where an application such as On1 Photo RAW comes in. A little side note here, is a JPEG with an E or without an E? In other words, JPEG or JPG. It's always been JPEG with an E. JPEG stands for Joint Photographic Experts Group, JPEG. That's the organization that invented the technology. But back when DOS and Windows computers were limited to a three-character file extension, JPEG with an E became JPEG without an E. Now that all modern computers can accept longer file extensions, it should be JPEG. That also affects website pages, HTML, not HTM, and the tagged image file format for pictures, TIFF, not TIFF. But I digress. Let's get on with PhotoRaw 2018's features. For the purposes of this review, I used the application in standalone mode, and I'll start with an annoying but important error. Every time I started the application, even though I had previously shut it down properly, PhotoRaw told me it had crashed. It hadn't. All I had to do is cancel the error and that would continue to the first screen. Cosmetic error, not really very important, just slightly annoying. And after using the program for a while, most users will probably turn off the screen that offers videos and additional information about the new features. Initially though, it's a handy way to see what's new, and particularly if you're new to Photo RAW, to begin to understand the interface. Because the High Dynamic Range or HDR function is new, and is arguably the most important of the new features, let's start there. After the user selects the images, note the plural, images to be used to create the HDR picture, an icon appears at the right edge of the browser. Alternatively, right-clicking any of the selected images will display a menu that includes the HDR option. And because this is another one of those really highly visual programs, it'd probably be a good idea to check out the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. That way you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Maybe you could think of it as slow-motion television. Anyway, HDR processing is designed to create an image that contains detail in both the brightest and the darkest areas of the scene, something that's well beyond the scope of any digital sensor or film. HDR merges typically use at least three images. Some scenes, though, might need five or seven to cover the full range. In the case I show on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the camera's pointed toward the sun at sunset. One image has good detail in the darker foreground area, but the mid-range is overexposed, and the area by the sun is just completely blown out. The middle exposure, the one that would be considered standard, that's the one the camera probably would have taken all by itself, has a problem with both the highlights around the sunny area and in the dark area, but the mid ranges are good. And I also created an exposure with good detail around the sun and the clouds in the sky, but the mid tones are too dark, and the dark area in the foreground, the grass, is pretty much gone. No one image does the job. After On1 Photo ROM merged the three images, the merged image has detail in the sky, in the mid range, and in the dark foreground. One of the primary uses of HDR images is to recreate what our eyes see. Eyes have far more dynamic range than even the best digital sensor or film. So the scene you see on the TechBiter Worldwide website following the HDR merge is the scene I remember from about 30 one July evening in the wilds. HDR can also be used to create really unrealistic colors. Some people love that look, others hate it. When it works for a set of images you have, feel free to use it. The next new feature I wanted to try was panorama stitching. Normally panoramas are wide instead of tall, but I had a vertical panorama, one that shows the inside of a yurt at the wilds, so I selected the images and merged them. The result wasn't exactly what I was looking for. In fact, it was a complete mess. So it appears that PhotoRaw doesn't yet have the technology to deal with a vertical panorama. So I rotated the images 90 degrees and tried the merge again. That worked as expected. But the merged image was also, unsurprisingly, rotated 90 degrees. PhotoRaw creates a Photoshop file that I then rotated. The rotation created a second copy of the file. Each file is 200 megabytes. This could consume a lot of disk space if you do it very often. Of course, the sideways Photoshop file could simply be deleted because it's no longer needed once you have your properly rotated version. It is important for me to point out that ON1 is aware that the first iteration of the panorama function isn't perfect. In fact, after you select the panorama option you'll see a pop-up that says the results may not be perfect. It's a good start, but more development is needed. On One1 Photo RAW gives you some opportunities to reduce the amount of disk space required for images. Given the size of RAW files, the ability to create multiple versions of an image without having to duplicate the image itself is important, and it is a welcome addition. Right-click any image and select Create Version from the menu, and a second copy of the file will appear in the browser window, but not on the disk. That first new version will include V1 in the name. It really doesn't exist on the disk, but only in the computer's memory, and in a special file. To see how this works, I selected a picture of a camel and created a new version. Next, I added a monochrome effect to the original. It's a cyanotype, kind of a bluish image. Cyanotype was an early photographic process that created those blue-looking images. Then I created a golden hour, or warming effect, on the new version. After doing that, I examined the sidecar file that ON1 places in the same directory with the image. Sidecar files are small. The digital image is 24 megabytes. The sidecar file that describes the modifications to both the original and the new version is just 59 kilobytes. So trying half a dozen different looks for an image would require less than 200 kilobytes of disk space, instead of nearly 150 megabytes that would be required for six copies of the raw file. Improved masking and localized noise reduction are similar. The masking tool takes over after the user has made a global change such as brightness, contrast, or color. Global masking can be adjusted to feather an effect and density can be used to create a graduated effect. Noise reduction deals with two kinds of digital noise that can be compared roughly to grain in an image. Luminance noise appears as bright specks Chrominance noise appears as dots of random color. Both kinds of noise become worse with smaller sensors and high ISO settings. Of the two, color noise is more objectionable. Now, although it's always better to use a low ISO to avoid noise, sometimes that's just not possible. So if an image has noise, most photo applications have a noise reduction function, but noise reduction reduces the image's sharpness. If the noise is more objectionable only in some areas, the noise reduction can be brushed on. Clever idea. So that's PhotoRAW as a standalone application, but it can also be used as a plug-in for Lightroom or Photoshop. When used as a filter in Lightroom, PhotoRAW duplicates the RAW file as either a Photoshop document or a TIFF document. That's true of all third-party filters when you work with a RAW file in Lightroom because the RAW file cannot be modified. After making any needed basic edits for color balance, cropping, and such in Lightroom, right-clicking the image will display the edit option. Clicking edit in displays a list of applications that are available from Lightroom, and then selecting on-one effects or on-one develop is the next step. Then Lightroom will display a dialog box that offers several options. If you decide to use a Photoshop file, a PSD for your work file, the options to edit a copy and edit original are unavailable. Only edit a copy with Lightroom Adjustments is possible. If you select TIFF instead, then you do have the options to edit a copy or edit original, along with edit a copy with Lightroom Adjustments. Now, in either case, editing with Lightroom Adjustments is usually the right choice. At that point, Photo Raw will open, and you can make whatever changes you want to make. In the image you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, I applied a luminance portrait filter, then applied some local adjustments to lighten and slightly desaturate the face. Why would you want to lighten and desaturate a face? Well, this was necessary because the image is nine years old, and sensor technology nine years ago was nowhere near what it is now. When the desired changes are complete, click Done, and the modified image will be returned to Lightroom. The same process applies to Photoshop, except that the initial work would be done in Camera Raw before passing the image to Photoshop, which would then pass it on to On1 Photo Raw. The bottom line here, for cats, On1 Photo Raw is effective as a plug-in or a standalone application. The 2018 version includes many major advances in photo processing technology, The panorama feature still needs some work, and that's the primary reason for the 4-cat rating instead of 5. Nonetheless, it is a powerful application that can work with Photoshop or Lightroom, or work independently. It's the user's choice. You'll find additional details on the OnOne website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. (music) In short circuits, computers have disk drives. Wow, that's a surprise, isn't it? Well, let's move on here. Some of those disk drives have moving parts, others don't, but they all have one thing in common. They can fail with what seems like little or no warning. In fact, modern disk drives do warn about impending failure, but those warnings usually go unnoticed unless you occasionally run a smart monitoring tool. SMART is an acronym for self-monitoring, analysis, and reporting technology that can detect and report various indicators of drive reliability. When SMART notices something that can indicate an imminent disk failure, it's supposed to warn the user. A disk drive, whether it's mechanical or solid state, can fail with or without warning. SMART can help identify the former. Nothing can be done to predict the latter, though. Mechanical wear and gradual degradation of the storage surfaces in a mechanical drive, or repeated writes to a solid-state drive's memory will eventually cause a drive to fail. These can be monitored, and SMART can provide warnings. Other failures can result from unexpected events, mechanical breakage, or circuit failure. Nothing can predict those kinds of failures, so having a current, full backup is still essential. But keeping an eye on indicators from the disk's SMART technology might let you replace a failing drive before it fails several smart monitors exist some are paid some are free quick look at four of them i use crystal disk info it's free it's easy to use and provides detailed information about both mechanical and solid state disk drives active smart has a 21 day free trial but then costs 18 dollars if you want to continue using it The interface is a bit better than Crystal Disk Info, I think, and it includes some additional disk information and utilities, such as a secure erase function. Then there's HDD Health. It's free. It obscures most of the numerical readings from the disk drives and simply shows a drive's health on a thermometer, from green, healthy, to red, failure imminent. And you might want to take a look at Ashampoo HDD Control. It has a free trial period. After that, $25 if you want to continue using it. In addition to the smart tools and an excellent interface, it offers defragmentation, benchmarking, and some other features. And by the way, for defragmentation, do that only on mechanical drives, never on solid-state drives. All four of those smart monitors are either free or offer a free trial period. Give one or more of them a try, pick the one you prefer, and maybe you'll avoid those panic inducing hard drive failure events. For more than a century, battery technology changed little. Zinc carbon and zinc chloride were the mainstays, and those technologies are still in use for inexpensive single-use batteries. Then rechargeable batteries came along, nickel cadmium, lead acid, nickel metal hydride, and today's lithium ion. The most common batteries in portable devices are lithium ion, but they have disadvantages. They're expensive, and they can burst into flame, particularly when they're subjected to rough treatment zinc air batteries have been around for a while they're commonly used in hearing aids and they are single-use batteries zinc air technology hasn't seen wide use because the technology makes recharging such batteries difficult but difficult is not impossible and a research team from the university of sydney explains why zinc air might become more popular lithium is rare it's hard to find it's expensive zinc is common easy to find and inexpensive Batteries made using zinc air technology also don't burst into flame if you hit them with a hammer. So environmentally they're better, economically they're better, and they're safer. If only the recharging problem could be solved. The researchers in Australia have been able to create what they call bifunctional oxygen electrocatalysts that make recharging possible. This is done by carefully controlling the composition size and crystallinity of metal oxides in elements like iron, cobalt, nickel, and zinc. As rechargeable batteries are discharged and recharged, they lose a certain amount of capacity. In tests, the zinc air batteries lose about 10% of their charge over 60 discharge-recharge cycles. If this technology becomes usable, batteries for cell phones, notebook computers, and tablets could become safer and less expensive. Research continues. Android devices are generally considered to be the least secure computing devices on the planet. Well, it appears that Google is finally trying to do something about that problem. Google plans to display warnings on applications and on third-party websites where apps that collect personal data without user consent are distributed. The Google Safe Browsing team has just updated its unwanted software policy for Android devices that was initially released in August. By the end of January, Google plans to start warning users if they have apps that violate Google's policies. Google has already started removing apps from the Play Store. Now the developers and third-party app sites will be given guidelines on disclosures and privacy warnings, things they should have been doing all along. Those found to be in violation face an uncertain future. Google says that it will enforce the rules, but it hasn't explained exactly how. According to Nokia's 2017 Threat Intelligence Report, Android is the least secure platform. Now note, Nokia is a competitor. The report says that of all infected devices, 69% were running Android, 28% were running Windows. Now as bad as that sounds, less than 1% of all Android devices were actually infected. In general, apps installed from the Play Store are safe, in general, but some rogue applications do slip through. For example, malware is sometimes packaged with applications that appear to be popular apps but are actually replicas. Google removes these whenever it finds them, but it's still a threat to watch out for. No threats to watch out for in spare parts this week, only on the website. Money can't buy happiness, but the maker of an iOS app says it Can bring joy. A Bluetooth gadget claims to make Alexa available in your car and do so without being a distraction for the driver. And an initial song offering might mean that music fans can own a small percentage of certain songs, but only if they live outside the United States. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide.